So good, Thomas. Tell us all about your practice. Okay, uh, what I've been doing is uh, uh, during the meditation at first, I take some deep breaths and I started, um, I start uh, generating uh, wholesome thoughts like a bit like in a, like a bombarding myself with them, like to, to clear things up. And uh, then when the, when the mind is more, when I, get, when I start getting happier and with a more uh, positive mood, I start uh, pushing the, those thoughts less and just following more the breath. And what I've been doing is when, when some thought comes up, if it's uh, unwholesome, I try to then put a wholesome thought in its place. And if it's wholesome, I just, well, let it be there. But uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, no, no deal. So, uh, uh, so and uh, it's been, it's been a, a huge difference from what I've been doing in the past because I, I've, it's been surprising to me how I can be happier doing that than, than how I was in the past. I started, and the, my difficulty uh, is uh, well, first of all, I don't know if it's right to uh, sh shift as, as I get more, as I get uh, more happy and relaxed, to shift to more the breath and less um, creating the thoughts myself. And also, uh, sometimes I have the issue that I uh, I get physically tense for some reason. So, and when I get physically tense, it's like, yeah, I can still have wholesome thoughts, but like they lose a little bit of edge. It's like more, I can feel some some edginess or some something doesn't seem quite right. So that's that's okay. it. All right. So, the first thing that I would have to say is um, that doubt. You spoke of that you were doing okay, and then some doubts came into your mind, the doubt about uh, how to practice, mm -hmm. the doubt about should I do this now or should I do that now. Mm -hmm. And then those doubts, you're actually, be, uh, you can link these things together, people have before, that those kind of doubts can become worries. Those worries can then take the edge off of our practice and then we regret, et cetera, like that. So, mm -hmm. in fact, you can see that these doubts are a hindrance and that you already know enough about how to practice correctly. And that, and that is actually quite simple. There's not much to it. We just have to keep practicing doing that. <laughs> and yet the human mind, especially trained in the West, is we're always looking for more, more and more and more and more and more, rather than settling down to this present moment to literally stop. That by wanting more, we're always kind of living in the future, getting pushed to the future from the past. And so what we're doing now is we're actually getting into the present moment. And with that, there really is no more. This is it. Mm -hmm. And beginning to understand that we've arrived at where we were going to go all our lives. We were in a hurry and driven to get someplace. And now we can actually get someplace by getting nowhere at all. Okay, so I'll offer you the story about the um, Pilgrim's Progress. It's an old uh, book from the mm -hmm. Middle Ages from the time when people would go on pilgrimages and they would go 
all the way from Europe to uh, uh, the Middle East, and then they would go from one holy site to the next to the next. Now, here's the point about Pilgrim's Progress, is that the progress is always getting somewhere. Mm -hmm. What happened when the Pilgrim actually arrives at the holy place? He's no longer a Pilgrim. He's one who has been at home. But most people don't. They stay a pilgrim, and so they say, I'm leaving this holy place and spending most of my time on the journey to the next holy place, but when I get there, I won't spend much time there. I'll build back on the journey. Okay? And so we get into that mentality of of being on a journey, which is quite, um, let us say, it's so deeply ingrained that it's hard to recognize it sometimes, of whether we can recognize that we can stop that journey and be at rest right where we are right now, that that's the kind of a skill that we don't have. Mm-hmm. Okay, that in fact we can be in that holy place. And if you are in fact in a holy place, then why would you want to leave? You've already gotten where you're wanting to go, you've already arrived. Mm-hmm. And there are so many places where we can hear that. One is that the Zen master will tell, tell the Zen student, you're already enlightened. Just sit. There's no place to go and nothing to do. Just enjoy the fact that you've got no place to go and nothing to do and everything is really cool right now. That in fact, that everything is really cool right now is going in the direction of Nibbana. But we have to start with cool and let it really cool as opposed to grow cold. There's just mm-hmm. something cool about Nibbana at rest. Everything is just chill. So um, it's quite natural for you to start practicing correctly and getting someplace and then wanting more. Everybody yeah. does that. And so now that we're beginning to get someplace, take credit for that, that this is okay, this is good enough. I am, in fact, satisfied. Wow, what a beautiful moment this is. Or you could even go so far away out there as everything is going my way. Hmm. I, I have, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> uh, I have, I have a experience too, because I, I wanted to tell you what has been really, really effective having to do that during the day, not during meditation, when I've been during the day, uh, when I started to feel like just the slightest, slightest um, like small worry or something, just boom, no more worry, <laughs> get out. And um, at first I thought, well, yeah, that may work for small worries, but not for big ones. But I've noticed that less big ones come if you don't allow them to, to, to come when they are small. So that has been... A difference. I, I, I've noticed, well, I'm actually being um, more calm these days, and it's been okay. really good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about big versus small, because how big the worry is, is also your choice, your decision, that we choose what we want to be important. There is actually very, very few things that are actually important. Let me name one for you. Being alive. Hmm. Okay. If that's not important to you, then how about being dead? 
because that hmm. sounds equally inviting. Hmm. All right. Hmm. But if hmm. we are, in fact, dead, then for sure, nothing else means anything. And so if we can begin to understand then that nothing is really important other than being alive. And taking this next breath with celebration is celebrating the fact that we're still alive. This is it. Here we are. We made it. We could breathe. <laughs> okay. And we can bring that enthusiasm to the moment. Wow, this really is good. This is a paradise that we live in. It's all a matter of attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so understanding that we live in a, in a paradise and everything is already okay, now we can relax. It's when we think something's wrong, thinking broken, things are uh, dangerous, etc., like that, and we were raised on that mentality. Things are wrong, things are broken, things are dangerous, and I'm a victim to all of those hmm. things. <laughs> but now we're beginning to get the attitude of those things don't matter squat to me. I'm the champion here. Let it all go to hell. That's all right. I'll watch it. I'll, I'll watch the parade. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And so we develop that attitude based upon the wholesome thoughts that we keep giving ourselves. And I can handle this. This is okay. Mm -hmm. And to congratulate ourselves when we find that we can handle things quite well. Yeah, we could do this. We don't have to leave this holy place in order to go to some other holy place. This holy place will do. <laughs> and so we become kind of content. Contented and satisfied. And knowing that you could feel contented and satisfied anytime you want to also brings on that feeling of success, the feeling of real power. The power to be uh, safe and secure, settled, stable, satisfied, and it don't matter what kind of storm comes by, because it's not the storm that makes me stormy. Yeah, the difficult part is to remember <laughs> to 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 that you can. <laughs> I, I I heard you say that in in talks with other students, and you are very right that the difficult part is to remember that yeah, it's not. I'm not a victim, and I can actually do that if, if I remember that I can. <laughs> yes. And we can remember often if we practice often. That, <laughs> that all of the teachings of the Buddha, what makes it difficult for so many generations of people is the quality that you have to keep repeating it. You can't get it and think you've got it. No, you got to keep building it. You got to keep <laughs> making it. You got to keep going at it. That <laughs> we can't say what's next, because what next means that well, what about right now? Let's come back to right now. Let's not look for what's next. <laughs> <clears throat> and come back to everything is okay. Everything is fine. Just right now, everything is all right. And, and if we can develop that attitude and practice it over and over again, it now becomes the new habit. We can begin to get the habit of, you got this. Mm -hmm. 
And so you can handle any problem. Whatever the world gives you as a problem, it's just a toy to play with. That you can finish with even your regrets. Ah, that's just a toy. That's not who I am anymore. That's something out of the past. Let's just drop that. And behave well in this in this present moment. <laughs> it doesn't even exist anymore. It's not it's not like ah uh, still that's um, comes to me because yeah I, I um, sometimes have the like the the, the 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 feeling that yeah this comes to me from the past as well it's yeah it's true that it's actually me who is bringing it to the mind from from it's not there anymore it's done over but uh, yeah I sometimes choose to well <laughs> let's <laughs> let's have a, a bad time. <laughs> thinking about it mm -hmm. uh, yeah yeah I, I don't have to do that yes 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 as long as I remember yes yes <clears throat> so this is the this is the practice we just keep practicing this over and over and over again and let it build up something like an avalanche mm -hmm. starts with just one snowball and as it's rolling down the hill it gets bigger and bigger and eventually the whole ice thing falls away. So this mm -hmm. is how we, we start practicing. But that snowball has to be a snowball's worth of satisfaction. A snowball's worth of being cool. That's where it starts, is everything is all right. And so when you're asking the question, what's next? Where's the satisfaction in that? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then in fact, when we ask that question, that's going to bring on the doubt because now by asking such a question as that, we wind up now beginning to search for an answer. We get restless. We get agitated as if that question were important. Mm -hmm. And in fact, no, that question couldn't possibly be important. But we think because we ask it now, we've got to have an important answer to such an important question. And the reality is, is that, no, you're alive. You're breathing now. Pay attention to that. If you want to pay attention to something important, pay attention to being alive right now. Mm -hmm. Being in your sensory awareness and being uh, full of life, full of vim, vigor, vitality, that kind of stuff. You know, that's the way to be alive if you want to do something important. Those kind of questions about what to do next <laughs> wind up not being important at all. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I can see that, I think. Uh, I had a question too. Uh, it's not about what to do next. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, uh, but uh, very often, I think um, there there is a, a, a type of difficulty that I, I still don't really know how to uh, uh, deal with because uh, Often uh, during meditation or outside of meditation, I feel really tired. I feel, uh, yeah, sleepy, tired, uh, and um, yeah, I've noticed if I try to overcome that uh, by force, it's worse. It's, and then I get mad because oh no, why am I tired? So that I know that can't be the, the way to do it. But if I if I don't do anything about it, I fall asleep. <laughs> so that. <laughs> Depending on the moment, I guess. If it's at night, no problem. But that can't be... Uh, uh, the, the... It's not every day. It's not that I'm constantly tired. But when that happens, I don't really know 
how to approach it what's the, the right thing to do okay you're talking about the hindrance of what's called sloth and torpor yeah that's what yeah, we're yeah. talking about okay almost always that kind of stuff especially in the sense of the mind getting tired is because either we're not feeding it well or we're working it too hard hmm. and those both of those kind of things happen with meditators uh working too hard trying to figure out what's next will make you hmm. tired mm -hmm. but being in the present moment and being satisfied and oh wow things are so nice that's not actually very tiring at all and that people do get tired in practices that they put in a lot of effort for um including the mahasi method that requires people to put in a lot of effort um and so uh the other possibility is is that uh we're not breathing well that the mind would not necessarily be tired if it were well oxygenated and then in fact the whole body mm. being tired mm. imagine that you were doing some strenuous exercise okay and what happens after we do strenuous exercise let's say that we just had a fight with a gorilla or a bear or a crocodile or our boss or something like <laughs> that and we feel really tired why is that that in fact the cold-blooded animals wear out really quickly uh, that in fact that's why I've watched that and understood that the mongoose keeps wanting the snake to strike hmm. why because the snake will get tired and then the mongoose can jump on it hmm. but if the mongoose jumps too soon or gets the wrong thing then the snake's going to bite him because the snake's not tired yet right mm -hmm. so us, us warm-blooded animals don't get tired as fast as cold-blooded animals all right but the the question is also look at the various ways that the that the body will work will build up a lot of of um let us say carbon dioxide because we're putting a lot of activity in it right after eating a meal hmm, yes. all the bloods in the stomach they re they recommend don't go swimming when you after you've been eaten or been yeah. <laughs> been, been eating or you might get eaten so um <laughs> Also, we recognize that the mind, when it's fully working and functioning, requires an awful lot of um, um, oxygen. It does. All right. And that if we can get people emotional, like getting them angry, they can't think straight. Why is that? Because all the blood's now circulating in the body with adrenaline and whatnot for fight and flight mechanism. Yeah. And it's not there in the brain. So you could get people all confused and bumbled and they'll get really angry at you because mm -hmm. they're all confused and, and can't think straight. Right. Um, so knowing this is very helpful for what we can do about it in our practice because always the answer is to get more air, to get more oxygen. So let's, let's do this healing process of getting the tiredness out of the body and that um, this, the, one of the things that's most important is, is getting the carbon dioxide out of the bloodstream is uh, a little bit more important than getting new oxygen in, mm -hmm. which, which means then that getting the out-breath operating and going correctly 
is what and then in fact this is also even known in in uh, some movies and in martial arts that this uh this uh big exhale like in the in the karate or the dojo yeah. that, ah! <laughs> you know, that, that just throwing all of that air out okay <laughs> this this is a part of the practice then of that exhale and that we can use it with the long breath in the sense of a big, long, easygoing, but very wholesome, healthy sigh. And we do that again. And all of a sudden, we all, almost within a couple of breaths, we feel more alert, we feel tingly alive. And so that alone right there will wake you up. The next thing is, is that if it's a little bit warm or hot or whatever, then getting cooled off. That one of the tricks of meditators in Thailand is that they'll bring a bottle of water and a washcloth of some kind. Hmm. And with that cloth or just pour the water on your hand and wash your face, wash your arms. Mm-hmm. That helps to change the temperature of the skin as well as help waking you up. Even rubbing without the water hmm. is good. Because why? Because it actually um, uh, brings up the sensation of the arms. You can feel it, the tingling and all of that by rubbing your arms like this. This is actually in the sutras. Hmm. Standing I've never up. heard about that. <laughs> hmm. Okay, so rubbing your face, rubbing your arms, taking a deep breath, taking several deep breaths, this is what will help um, uh, that uh, drowsiness, as well as refocusing, because you're probably drowsy because you've been working too hard at something. (laughs) So that's the two sides of this coin. So let's come back and do something easy peasy while we're getting plenty of oxygen and plenty of um, release of the carbon dioxide. That in fact, the brain works this way with brain chemistry is that there is mechanisms deep in the brain that can tell the pH level of the blood. Not that it's got a little meter or dial or something that a human's eye can read, but the human inside can read this. (laughs) And and that's where some of the tiredness is kicked in is because the the carbon dioxide level is too high now. And this is, in fact, why we yawn. That's the the yawn reflex is exactly what I'm talking about. Is when they're not getting. And so, if you're having a conversation with somebody and and uh, he yawns, you know he's not paying much attention. <laughs> he's not listening. <laughs> he's worried, thinking, and spinning his mind to the point that he's run out of oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what yawning is all about. Mm-hmm. So that means that we can take advantage of that and and intentionally yawn and re, and and get that deep in breath and the release. So this is what Anapanasati is all about: is incorporating the breath with the intention and going in the direction of the knowledge of the body and the release of the tensions of the body, making the body into a state of being relaxed. Easy going. Everything is okay. That this is, in fact, the body component of the Satipatthana. The point of it is being relaxed. Okay. But in Vedna, 
That's also true. In fact, the whole Satipatthana is all about relaxing, coming out of unwholesome into wholesome, settling down, cooling off, relax, stable. And now we can really see what's going on is because the mind's gotten really stable. Go ahead. The breath should should feel easy, right? If you make it uh, longer or deeper than you usually would, it should still feel easy, not 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 very forced or. I have heard students say that it's tiring to take long breaths, and the answer to that is that's because you're working at it. Mm -hmm. Take the work out of it. This is supposed to be easy peasy. So mm -hmm. let it be easy peasy. Let each breath be worthwhile taking. Mm -hmm. In a sort of a business like cost benefit analysis. You know, we weigh it. Is this worth doing or not? We can do that to every moment and wind up. That's all there is to do is to weigh mm -hmm. out this moment. Dukkha, Dukkha, Naroda, which is the easy path. What's the easy way out? Let's take that. Mm -hmm. Life becomes really easy moment by moment as we keep taking the easy way out. Mm -hmm. And so doubt about is this the easy way out or what? That's too much work. Because we just naturally know what's the easy way out. Yeah. We don't have <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By definition, in this case. <laughs> exactly. So this is how we begin to practice is always taking the easy way out. And the easy way out is to forget the past, forget the future, forget all of that, that stuff out there and just enjoy this present moment. Breathing well, happy, no place to go, nothing to do. This is good enough. And the only place that I uh, the only thing that I could do would be downhill from there. This is the top. This is it. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, the thing is, you're right. It's there's always, or not always. I hope, but there's this tendency of uh, yeah, that yeah, this is right. But what if it could be more than than it is? And uh, yeah, no. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then okay, so then the <laughs> next thought, the next thought would be then. Aha! I see you, hmm. Mara. I see you wanting to get more than this, and this is good enough, haha. All right. So that's the way that we can handle those kind of thoughts. We recognize them for what they are and mm -hmm. recognize that we're wanting it to be different than it is and, and say, hey, I don't have to want anything right now. It's good enough right now. And that's the new mental attitude. And that requires a change. Does require yes. a change of attitude. Takes a little bit of work to put in. This is a right effort. We have to put the right effort into throwing the garbage out. <laughs> By the way, uh, the other day you, uh, we talked about um, about uh, right view. And you said it's more like it's not right view in the sense, ah, here I'm seeing it from this perspective, but it's right viewing, it's an, an activity. And mm -hmm. what will the difference, because I've been listening to other uh, of your uh, uh, conversations with other students, and uh, I don't, I think I don't really understand the difference between right view and right attitude, because you also talk about the winner attitude, the, 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 the 
well, here I am. I'm not going to be bossed around by these feelings or these thoughts. What's the difference? You're right. They are interconnected. But everything starts with right view in the sense of actual observation. All right. <laughs> and, and that's especially valuable to look at the kind of thoughts that we're having. Are these hindrances or not? Are these thoughts worth having or not? Can I improve these thoughts? Can I improve my posture? Does my butt hurt, for instance? <laughs> okay, we can we can go around and take an inventory. <laughs> okay, that in, that in fact, there's an old joke about that, if you don't mind. Right. <laughs> it just so happens that a priest in sitting down in the in the middle uh, in coach took a seat between a rabbi and a Buddhist monk. And so the three of them get into a conversation during the takeoff and whatnot like that. And then later the plane hits turbulence and the whole plane goes whoomp like that. And the Catholic priest does this, okay? The, the circumstance of the ginger flag, they call it, or something like that, except that he noticed that the, that the Jewish priest was doing it too. And then he looked at the Buddhist monk, and the Buddhist monk was doing it too. And the priest says, hot dog, this conversation is going really well, isn't it? We're going to convert these two into Catholicism any moment now. And, and so he asked the, uh, the Jewish rabbi, well, what, what do you mean by doing this? And he says, oh, I was just checking to make sure. And the priest says, sure of what? And he says, well, making sure of test spectacles, testicles, watch, <laughs> and wallet. <laughs> and the Buddhist. And, and so he turned to the Buddhist and says, well, what are you doing? And uh, the Buddhist priest says, in times like this, I want to make sure that I'm seeing correctly that I'm looking for that that I'm doing the right thing, that my uh, that I'm breathing correctly, and that my heart is in the right place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's a, I, I liked it. <laughs> okay, so we we keep wanting to check things out. Am I seeing correctly? Can I see correctly? That's what we're talking about here. Is um. <clears throat> We can also get fancy words for it called clairvoyance. Clear seeing. <laughs> but that clear seeing comes from clearly looking. That the example would be uh, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. I'm sure that you're familiar a little bit yeah. with those kind of stories. Okay, so here uh, Sherlock Holmes waltzes into the crime scene and Dr. Watson is, is going along to, and what does um, Sherlock Holmes do? He takes out his magnifying glass and he starts looking. And he looks 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 while Dr. Watson is musing, mm, I wonder what kind of people lived here and what were the circumstances <laughs> and all of this kind of stuff, okay? And then Dr. Watson is absolutely flabbergasted that the Sherlock Holmes can figure out what's happening. And Sherlock Holmes has always no, I was just looking at what was there. Hmm. Okay, 
So here's how we live our lives. We go around musing and wondering and doubting and all kinds of stuff in our whole lives when, in fact, all we really need to do is remember to look and to look and to keep looking and to keep noticing because every moment's a new moment to look. Eventually, we get into looking at how the mind works. Now, as we do that, we get looking and looking and looking and looking. We never quite get a clear picture, but over time, we eventually begin to put these all these out of focus pictures together to get a really clear image of what the mind is doing, how it works, etc., like that. And then if we get to the point of up into the fourth jhana, say, that's when we can see it clearly. <laughs> but we can take a pretty good look and get a really good understanding of how the mind works before we get into that kind of clear seeing. So this is part of the, the clear seeing is taking more and more and more and more investigations, more and more looking at it, just like they do with the stars. If they looked at one star one time, took a photo and thought they knew all about that star, they're not going to learn anything. <laughs> you know, they keep going back to that star over and over and over again. Okay, so that's how we also do this is it's this is the repetitive quality is to keep looking, keep noticing. You could also say that this is what insight means. <laughs> Where are we going to get insight? This is because we're sighting and we're <laughs> really, really yeah. into sighting. And because we're into sighting, we're into it. And so we see we have insight because we're really, really looking. Okay, so. <laughs> that's that's the quality that we're looking for, that investigative quality, that inspection, and that we can inspect. Now, as we do, we then decide in that moment whether this is worthwhile having this thought. And so we begin to then purify the thoughts so that all the thoughts are only wholesome which means now that all of the mind is wholesome, which means it's functioning correctly, and it's better to see the mind how it functions correctly rather than seeing how it's functioned when it's broken, when it's full of unwholesome thoughts that wind up in dukkha, in, in attachment, yeah. in carrying things around. So this mm -hmm. is the value of getting the mind uh, really wholesome, is so that now we can really see what reality is, how the mind becomes the mind, how we actually create the reality that we have, because the closer that the created reality is to actual reality, the less dukkha there's going to be there. And the further away from reality that we get in our own minds, then the more suffering there is. Mm -hmm. For instance, that brand new car down at the dealership does not have my desire built in. I add that to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not inherently built in, but yet we think that way. We think, oh, that car is calling me. <laughs> no, you're calling the car. It'll call you soon enough. After you own it, it'll own you. <laughs> yeah. And so this is the way we begin to think is, is that, oh, I don't have to go around wanting things. I'm already okay. And I'm just fine without it. In fact, if I do the right investigation, I'll recognize that new car is actually going to be a whole lot more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure.
uh, about wholesome and wholesome thoughts, uh, there are, I've noticed there are uh, uh, very clearly uh, wholesome thoughts, such as, for example, you mentioned desire when you say, I want this, that's, yeah, well, sometimes maybe you don't see it in the moment, but it's like, mm -hmm. more or less obvious that that's not very wholesome. But uh, I've not, there are cases that are less clear to me. Sometimes I've noticed I, I'm, I'm, I like to talk in my mind a lot. I don't know if it's feeling control of, I don't know, but I, I like to talk in my mind a lot. And sometimes it's not clear to me if it's a, a wholesome or unwholesome because it's not about the style. It's I don't know. It's it's I suppose it's a wholesome because it's pointless <laughs> very oh, often. All right, okay. <laughs> but it's not as clear. <laughs> so here's the first thing to say about it is is that this right view, right noble view, in fact, is a skill to be developed. It has the skilled uh, aspects to be developed in the sense of uh, how clear is the vision um, and the discernment. So that in the beginning, we can't tell whether a thought or a deed is, is wholesome or not. That it's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> They're absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. dead sure for some, this is unwholesome. There's absolutely for sure with complete certainty that these thoughts are wholesome, but there is a wide, wide group in the middle that we don't know whether they're wholesome mm -hmm. or not. And so the way to look at that would be, can I improve this thought? Can I make it better? Mm -hmm. Okay. Can I turn my unhappiness about the argument I had with Aunt Susie into thinking happy thoughts about Aunt Th Susie? If she's going to be on the mind, let's at least uh, kiss her goodbye, happy to see you, and goodbye now, and out you go, and we won't argue next time. You know, that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. uh, we can always improve those thoughts. And as you say, we have a lot of them because we got into the habit of thinking a lot. Yes. And the, what our practice here in Anapanasati is, and this is mentioned in many, many tiny little ways in the suttas as if everybody understood this inherently, was is that the whole quality that we're looking for is to wake up into reality, which is a way of saying to come into the present and be here now in the senses as opposed to lost in thought, as opposed to being in daydreams that we yeah, 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 yeah. talk. OK, so when you're daydreaming, know you're daydreaming. Figure out, is this daydream worth having or I can come out of a daydream altogether and just enjoy the present moment the way that it is. Why should I have mm -hmm. to daydream? Right. The, mostly we're daydreaming because we're looking for something pleasant to think about. Yes. Yes, I'm very, and, very used to it. Yeah. And we're not very good at it. We wind almost always up in thinking about something that we regret. <laughs> <laughs> and so having thoughts about the past, that's why we can kind of put them in the category of we can find better things to think about than the past. And right here, right now is good enough. And so that that whole quality of, of the be here now, that whole quality of what the word Buddha means is to wake up, which means to be 
awake present and that awakefulness that uh, consciousness is of the environment eyes ears tongue taste bodily sensations bodily postures uh the way the wind is blowing around us we know our environment in a way that um an example would be that uh it's really hard to sneak up on a monk mm-hmm. why is that it's because he's awake He's not sitting there daydreaming while things sneak up on him. He's going to be there for it. Which is, a, uh, in a way, that's the quality of a martial artist. He's here now. He's awake. He may feel completely safe, but if you walk in behind, up behind him at the grocery store, he's going to know you're there. Yeah. But grandma, she's going to be there standing in that place and you come up behind her. She doesn't have a clue. <laughs> oh, hey, <hurry up. laughs> okay. So this is that quality of wakefulness that we're talking about, of being awake to the fact that you're in a holy place right here. Pay attention. This is what life is right here in front of us. The only thing is important is this next breath. Let's deal with it wisely. That's the kind of attitude that we begin to develop so that we're constantly remembering to come back into the present moment rather than lost in daydreams. We can change the kind of words that we have. Uh, The first thing that we do, instead of talking to ourselves about the past, the future, or whatever we can dream up, we talk to ourselves about what we're actually experiencing. <laughs> okay. An example of that was back in the 1930s before they had television, they had radio and they would have a lot of sports on the radio. How can you have a sport on the radio, a boxing? The answer is what they call a blow by blow description. But this is in fact what the Mahasi method is often teaching is let's do a blow-by-blow description of everything that's happening because that'll keep the thoughts in this present moment for a while. (laughs) But then that can be too much of a habit. We wind up not shutting up when it's time to just look (laughs) and not talk. (laughs) But the whole quality is is that, yes, we can do some blow-by-blow. Wow, this is a good breath. This feels so good. You know, that kind of blow-by-blow description, everything that touches us, we can have a wholesome thought about that. (laughs) Uh, Just to clarify, uh, because I have personally tried the Mahasi method twice, (laughs) and it was not successful for me. So at least I don't don't have the habit of noting. Uh, uh, It's nothing nothing I've I've really done, because... uh, I don't know. I didn't see the. I didn't. I, I fell into the, into more mistakes of related to uh, focus on the breath, like just that single focus and noting and those things. Because I I, I didn't. I don't know. I know. It, but it that's why the students get so tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, but the way that we're practicing here, we don't get tired because we're not putting in that wrong kind of effort <laughs> and not feeling well. No, we're really paying attention to how we feel right now. Paying close attention and enjoying the heck out of it. I mean, what else are we going to do? 
that's where the gladdening of the mind, the brightening of the mind comes from, as well as the putting positive, wholesome thoughts, put that positive spin on everything. And when we do that, we can't help but feel better. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. So I, I didn't believe it at first. But, uh, yeah, it's it's actually true. <laughs> All right. Well, let's finish now. I think that okay. we've got quite a lot done. This is a yes. good point. Yes. And so go enjoy your moment. Yes. Thank you very much. I, I enjoyed the, the conversation. <laughs> it, was, it was very helpful. I know, even for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> See you later. Okay. <clears throat>